Welcome to the Politics of Everything. I'm Amber Danes, your host and podcast producer. This is a half hour of power, a podcast dropping every week where I unpack the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment, quality, and much, much more. Our guests are seasoned in the field or topic of their choice, even if you've not heard of them yet. This is a non-partisan show. So while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in and enjoy the politics of everything. You've probably heard that we're on the edge of an AI revolution, but what does that actually mean for you? Donna McGeorge's new book, The Chat GPT Revolution, How to Simplify Your Work and Life Admin with AI, has come out at the ideal time for many of us grappling with this AI tool and what it means for our work as well as our personal lives. This is billed as the ultimate quick start guide to unlocking the power of super smart chat GPT. Whether you're overwhelmed by repetitive time-consuming tasks or you're simply looking for a fresh injection of creativity, chat GPT is the virtual assistant that's got you back. This handbook shows you how to quickly and easily turn ChatGPT into something that can be used from take your to-do list to a to-da list. From helping you write emails and reports to planning your next meal or holiday, this tool can help you simplify your daily tasks and responsibilities. I know for me, that question of what's for dinner is something which is kind of really boring and repetitive, but apparently ChatGPT can help me in that area as well. And if her name seems familiar, Donna McGeorge is the productivity coach, and we had a good chat on the podcast of Everything, episode 120, in early 2022. She's obsessed with helping people make their work work and she uses a creative and practical approach to improve workplace efficacy and challenges traditional thinking on leadership, productivity and working smarter. And of course, ChatGPT is part of that mix. So welcome back to the Politics of Everything, Donna. Thanks for having me, Amber. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Since day one of the politics of everything, I have relied on Zencaster's all-in-one solution to make the process quick and painless, the way it should be for those of us who just love great content and want to get our ideas out into the world. If you know me, I'm obsessed with quality in terms of my guests, my sound, and everything about my show has to be great the first time. I'm time poor. It's so easy to use Zencaster. I'm not tech savvy and you don't need to be either. There's nothing to download. Just click on the link and off we go. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy and with everything from local recording to automate post-productions now in their toolkit, you don't have to leave your browser to get that episode done and done fast. I have a special offer for you and I hopefully you can experience what I have with Zencaster. Go to zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my VIP code, the politics of everything, all lowercase in one word, to get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. How good is that? I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Excellent. I know I asked you what you wanted to do when you were, you know, younger in in our first chat. I'd like to just chat to you maybe a little bit differently about, you know, between that sort of 18 months ago since we had our conversation, I'm going to circle back to, I guess, what some of your goals were and do you feel like you've achieved them? I know you've now written another book because you're just the productivity author as well, but are there some other goals that you feel like you've kicked that maybe in that 18 months you hadn't even thought about? 
Do you know, I didn't even think I was going to write another book. So when my publisher asked me to do it, I was like, well, that's a surprise. So if you go back 18 months, whatever goal, I had the goal. At that time, I just released a book called The One Day Refund. And I was putting my head down for the next two years to really milk that book for all it's worth, you know, for want of a better phrase, yeah. right? Absolutely, because it's such a big thing doing a book. You know, you can't just sort of dish it out and leave it alone. It needs it needs all that amplification you can get. Absolutely, it needs it needs attention, it needs love, and it needs the world to know about it. And there's a significant amount of work. I think a lot of people think you write a book and it goes on the shelf, and you're like, "Oh, I'm done." But no, there's not. So, if you'd have asked me 18 months ago, and so Donna, will you be writing another book soon about you know maybe some new leading edge technology? I I don't think it would have even been on my radar. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here you are, and uh, obviously you, you cranked this book out in record time because most of us, you know, six uh, past six months or so have just become a little bit familiar with Chat GPT, and of course, AI is being used in everyday life. You know, for me, I don't just use Chat GPT. I realize I use AI in so many areas, but are there some examples of, I guess, where AI is kind of intercepted our life and we may not even be aware of it that you think are quite cool or kind of have you know made your life easier even it's actually everywhere and and it's been around for a really long time so I think people people are going oh I don't know anything about AI well if you use social media uh, your feed is being fed by an AI or machine learning algorithm and so it pays attention to what you like what you what you spend longer looking at a photo that you might look at or a video you might watch Anything, and if they are all connected, anything that you're searching for on social media, all of those things are connected. So when you go into your socials feed, whatever your preferred one is, and you begin scrolling, if it feels like it's, oh, this is so perfect, it's this is really good, it's because AI is sitting behind that making that happen. Now, I remember specifically when this was useful, it was one of the Christmases during the, the pandemic lockdown times. And I remember my Instagram feed just suddenly felt like it was full of great Christmas shopping ideas for my family. And I realized uh, that somehow I had trained the AI sitting behind my Insta to really serve me perfect ideas. So it's kind of there. Anytime you go to Amazon and there's a little thing that says, you know, based on previous purchase, you might like, or even the good old, if you like this book, then you might like these books, all of that stuff. And, And then you know, websites that you go to where it has a little little kind of speech bubble down the bottom right-hand corner usually and there's some kind of assistant, or which is a chatbot, which has been trained by whoever's got it in AI so that when you ask questions, it's pulling information from databases for you. So it's mm. just everywhere. Yeah, even if we're subconsciously not aware, we're actively using it because I think obviously when you jump onto something like ChatGPT, you've you found it, you're searching for it, and you've actually activated it, if you know what I mean. It's not passive. It's sort of something you've gone on to usually and gone, hey, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? Hi, how do I make make this marketing plan better? Can you please do a slide deck for me on the top three things that are affecting climate change? So it's definitely having a bit of a moment. However, I know it has its limits. and Like all tech, you know, there's obviously the first versions and they kind of get better and better. And, of course, there's some commentary, I guess, around the other side of AIs as well as being fabulous and convenient that, you know, I've heard that it's very male biased and obviously some of the information is limited. I think 2021, someone said to me, I don't know if that's true, is when kind of all the, you know, the facts and figures are kind of up to and after that it can't be relied on. So what core tasks, I guess, can, do you think this tech can help us with? Like just give us a shopping list if you like. And maybe how can we just use it a little bit better? Because I think sometimes when you're very new to something, you ask it the wrong way or you don't ask the question 
simply enough or it's too broad, you're probably not going to get an answer you're even going to be able to do much with. So what have you found as you've played with it? Yeah, well, first of all, I'd agree it's very biased and it has its limitations. So you're absolutely right. It's uh, the free version of ChatGPT, which is running on the version GPT 3.5 engine, if you want to, for want of a better word. It was trained on information up to September 2021. So if you go and ask for it, what's the weather like in Melbourne, it'll say I can't tell you because I'm a I'm only trained up to September 2021. Yes. Um, however, GPT-4, or, or, or sorry, the paid version of ChatGPT, allows you to do things like plugins now. And so it, you can plug in an internet browser like Microsoft's Bing is what it's using. And if I say using that version and say, what's the weather like in Melbourne, it then uses the internet to give me an answer. So it's getting a little bit more accurate because it's getting more up-to-date information. So that's one part. The other part of the bias is, it's just been trained on all the information that's been available publicly in the world up into September 2021, which was largely created by, sorry, listeners, I don't want to offend anyone, middle-aged white men or white people generally, uh, educated, uh, university educated. And so so all the information has that level of bias in it just to start off with. And I mean, you can play games with it. It's fun testing its <laughs> bias. But in terms of core tasks, look, I... I just go to it when I'm stuck. So my What sort talk, of things would you do? Like well, how would right. you use it maybe? Yeah, so when I'm stuck. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know, maybe my I've got to write a blog post for something and I'm a bit stuck on where to start. So I might just go, hey, can you give me a couple of ideas for a blog post on this topic and it gets me going. Or I've got to write a proposal for something and so I'll go and say, hey, a client's asked me for a proposal on X, Y, Z. I want to include a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. Can you just give me an outline for what that proposal could look like? I've asked it to give me the headings and three bullet points for a slide deck on a particular presentation topic just to get me started. Now, Mm -hmm. you're going to hear me say the words just to get me started a lot. Yes, I'm hearing that. Yeah, because I I, I can't imagine ever just copying and pasting it straight in with no human intervention. It's It's just not good enough for that yet, yet. Because there yeah. may be one time uh, when you can. But, you know, yeah, I, I always say it's a little bit like having an intern sitting next to you that 24-7-365 that you can just turn to and say, hey, I'm a bit stuck on this. What do you reckon? Mm. And, and, yeah, and absolutely. You can speak to it exactly like that. It's a conversation. You don't have to. It's not like Google where you kind of then have 54 websites to trawl through. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's so much easier than that. Yeah, it's a centralized, I guess, platform in that way. So, ethically, how do you feel about ChatGPT? And I think about this a little bit because I've just finished a master's degree. And so, you know, obviously at universities, they're very aware of things like plagiarism. And that's kind of one of the, you know, one of the, the core modules you do when you study your degree is not to be able to plagiarize. And of course, ChatGPT. PT has come along since I started that course a few years ago. But there's also, you know, that ethical thing where I think, well, you know, clients might be paying you for a task or customers that they think is an original piece of work. They probably are starting to become aware that AI is being used by all sorts of businesses and leaders. But what do you think ethically is is the right thing to do? Do you declare it? Is it kind of like a thing where you'd reference it? Or how do you think you can really be honest about the fact that you've used it or you don't need to? What's what's kind of, I guess, your thought about the paid work task chat GPT conundrum? Well, I actually think you should declare if you've used chat GPT. So but look, this is such a new space. The law is struggling to keep up with the technology and so smarter people than me are thinking about this all the time. But since you asked, I think it's appropriate that if you've used, if, if, if chat GPT has supported you 
the way you might have referenced a book that you read or an article that you read, I would put that in there as part. I'd just put a little asterisk and disclaimer or something at the end that said, um, I use ChatGPT to help me put this together. Now, there are apps that will check your work, that if you copy and paste it in, it'll tell you how much was generated by AI or likelihood of it being generated by AI versus a human. And so, again, smarter people than me are checking work around that. But the other thing to think about is we might just have to rethink how people get paid for work. So, you know, for a long time, if if you're someone that's paid by the hour and your client is saying, I'll pay you by the hour to produce some copy or some writing or something for me, and you manage to produce it in 10 minutes because you're using ChatGPT, what do you charge the client? 10 minutes or what it used to take you? Which could Yeah, your hourly rate thinking it took, you know, however long. Yeah, that's the thing. They're the sorts of questions I have in my head. Now, I think that's a bit dodgy, but if I'm, I'm, so I wouldn't be doing, I reckon we're going to see the end of hourly charging for that very reason. But if I'm a really great copywriter and I say, yeah, I'll produce all the copy for your website for you and it's a flat fee of this, and then I use ChatGPT to help me produce that, I think that's fair enough because that's still saving the client the time. And not only that, ChatGPT is a doer, not a thinker, mm. right? So it's a good it's, distinction, isn't it? Because right. we need to still use our, our human brains, our intelligence and all the bits that make us good at what we do, I guess. Right. And if I'm hiring a copywriter, I still want a good copywriter because they're going to know the right prompts, the right style. They're going to know what's rubbish out of ChatGPT versus mm. what's good. And so I'm more inclined to be thinking, yeah, it's it's an assistant, it's it's a it's an intern, it's sitting next to you helping you, not doing the work for you. I don't think it's look, is it capable? Are there AI applications that can absolutely replace some human tasks? I'm gonna go absolutely repetition, mundane, tedious stuff. Why wouldn't you replace it with that? Freeing up humans for either more value add stuff or leisure time. Yeah, I get I get it. I can see the pluses. It's just always those sort of like anything that comes along, there's always that, oh, what does that mean? And I'm, you know, you can go back to like the industrial age when things, you know, the the rise of the autom- automobile, for example, there was suddenly a whole bunch of people redundant who used to, you know, use horses and carts to do mm. things. And of course that created societal upshift. And so I think once again, we're kind of in this era where we're gonna have to reassess, like you say, how we charge, what we do, and you know, I guess what that means for us as society society because it will change our lives and some of it will be good and some of it might be questionable. So I think it's just that kind of buyer beware kind of mantra, I think, around all tech. Well, I don't think we know what's coming yet. You know, some studies are predicting that that AI is going to create 30,000 new jobs that we've never even heard of in the next five years. So who knows? There was a study I saw out of the UK somewhere. And also, you're absolutely right. When was the last time you saw a switchboard operator Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Not for like decades. Decades, right? And and I think this could be if we're smart enough, and I do think the timing's everything. So he's a bit of Donna McGeorge philosophy perhaps. So we're coming out of a time where the ways of working has been really disrupted with virtual work. We're talking four-day work weeks. We're getting people having conversations about how and when we're productive. Does the workplace actually impede our ability to be more collaborative and creative than create? then, you know, then help us do that. And so I think now we throw in AI around that, there's good conversations to have about how we work, why we work and how long we work. And finally, we might actually get the promise that we've had for centuries that actually probably since the invention of the wheel, 
that technology would give us more leisure time. Um, yeah, which yeah, is what we, kind of what we always hope. But then yeah. sometimes people just fill it with other more work, you know. That's, that's the opportunity right now. I mean, email yeah. was meant to help us take, uh, you know, give us back more time and it's actually become the opposite of that. So I think right now is such an interesting time to be thinking about. If, if, if it used to take me three hours to write an article and now it takes me half an hour with the help of ChatGPT or, you know, the studies are saying, it improves your, your productivity by about 37%. So it, instead of three hours, it takes me two hours. What yeah. do I do with that other hour? Do I just do yeah. more work? Or do I go and sit in the sunshine and t- or take my dog for a walk? Exactly. So what are some of the ways, I guess, beyond the workplace that you can sort of see the opportunity for chat GPT? I mean, I gave the really simple example, which is in your in your blurb around, you know, what are we going to make for dinner and those sorts of things. But what are some of, I guess, the more complicated things which we might do regularly that we can suddenly outsource and, and maybe see if that makes our lives easier and better, which I think is the whole purpose of AI really? Look, um, it's interesting. So it can't yet book appointments for you and call people, right? So it'll be good once we get the kind of plugins where you can just kind of do a bit of a, you know, a, hey, Siri, can you make this happen for me kind of thing. But, you know, I use it mostly for lists and to think of things I haven't thought of. So, for example, I've got a trip coming up at, at the end of this year and it's going to be in November. And so I'm going to London, Paris, Cologne, which sounds glorious, I know. And then I'm stopping over in Singapore and Sydney on, on, my way, on my way back to the Gold Coast, right? Yeah. Now that's two different weather conditions. Yes. And I need to pack lightly because I'm doing rail travel. Okay. And so I said to it, you know, um, I'm traveling to those places. What's the minimum packing list you'd recommend given that I'll be tra- doing train travel? And it generated me the most lean packing list I've ever seen accommodating two different weather circumstances and look I can't remember specifically but it you know it had things like you know a hat and gloves I'm like oh crap I wouldn't have thought of that because I don't you, I live at the Gold Coast I don't think of hats and gloves very often but traveling in November I'm certainly going to need them so it's it's good for generating all those kinds of lists beyond just meal planning it, you can say generate me a shopping list in the order of the supermarket aisles so it's all done and you can kind of zip around the supermarket plugins are becoming the new thing so Again, you need the paid version for this one, but there's a Spotify plugin. So I don't know, you're planning a party and you want a, you know, 1960s party and you want 1960s music. So ChatGPT generates the list and then it sends it to Spotify and it creates a playlist in your Spotify for you. Mm, um, uh, Open Table is now connected to it. I haven't fully tested this. Okay. So you could say, give me restaurants in the South Bank area of Brisbane that are open on Friday and have a reservation available for two people at seven. Yeah. And it can generate all the re- restaurants that have a reservation available. So that's massive. Yeah. Right? It's like that, having, it's massive. like suddenly being a Kardashian and having this full time assistant who can go and do this stuff for you you know I'm just picturing celebrities who go find me a table at like the best restaurant in you know Melbourne or something that's exactly it and so here's my warning though because it's still not as good as we'd like it so I say it's a little bit like having a very eager intern so it'll do anything you ask it to do but sometimes it has a hangover so you've got to check its work yeah absolutely and I think any responsible you know human would want to do that anyway you don't want to outsource everything particularly major things in your life or you know really important tasks as well that like you're going overseas and you need something to happen you don't want to have you know connections missed or anything like Mm. that so Mm. I think that's a really good uh, view on it as well so what are the risks of AI like chat GPT and I guess 
you know, how can we educate ourselves to be aware of its limits? You've talked about the fact that you need to have the sort of paid version to kind of get some more bells and whistles. But are there other things that you've found that you maybe have tested and, and gone, oh, I wouldn't use it for that again? Like, is there some things there which you could sort of red flag for us if you like? Well, look, I don't know who they are and I don't know specifically what they're doing, but my experience would tell me there are criminals right now trying to figure out how to leverage this and make a buck out of it somehow. Or hack it, I'm thinking. Hack it so they know where you're going to be and all your details. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So I'd still be, be, we've learned how to be cautious about our personal information and data for decades now since the, since the internet came about. So I'd say continue to be cautious about what you share with it. So anytime you copy something onto ChatGPT, it then becomes available to the wider world. It forms part of the data that it's trained on. Mm. And so just be mindful that, that your stuff is teaching it uh, and you want to be cautious about what you would teach it. So continue to be vigilant about your private uh, information. Look, I'd say it tells lies. It doesn't mean to. Remember, it's an eager intern. It's not meaning to lie. The technical term is hallucinates. It's because of where it finds the information and how it pulls it all together. So if something's really important, I'd say, so for example, if you were still back at uh, uni, Amber, and you were still continuing to do some of your assignments, you know that the way in which you reference things and the sources and all that is so critical to, you know, academic writing. So if you were using ChatGPT to help you, you would still have to check every single statement, declarative statement, and get a source and do the referencing. And it's not that great at that. Now, the paid version, which, by the way, if anyone's wondering, it's 20 bucks a month. The paid mm-hmm. version, because it's connected to the internet, is getting more accurate around references. Okay. Um, so just be mindful. That's it still lies. And it's also starting, people are starting to really notice when you just copy and paste stuff straight out. Like I can spot it a mile off. If if I'm browsing Facebook or LinkedIn or reading an article, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this has been written by ChatGPT and they haven't done, haven't bothered to do much editing. So I would just say be cautious around a direct copy and paste. That's been my experience straight up. The, the study out of MIT that, that was on specifically ChatGPT and productivity said that when you have ChatGPT plus a human, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, that's Chat great. ChatGPT on its own, no good. Humans, pretty good. Both together, possibilities are endless. Yeah, it feels like such a productivity win, which of course is oh, your totally. sweet spot. <laughs> Absolutely. So if we spoke again in a year... Just pretend we're going to have you on for a third time. I've never had you on for a third time, but you never know. You might write another book that I just can't resist. What would be a goal that you would like to have achieved and why? Look, I'm, um, you know, now I feel like I'm talking to my business coach. So I'm trying to have a more of a global presence um, and get my positioning known on a bigger, wider stage. So if you were to interview me next time, it might be on the politics of global domination uh, around how I've managed to you know, expand my reach. Now, it could also be um, the fact that this unexpected book ended up being a massive boon and I've now become a bit of an expert on AI. You never know. Absolutely. Well, watch this space. And I love the fact that this just keeps evolving, but it all kind of links into, I guess, what you're good at and what, you know, what you do for your your clients in the world. So thank you again for coming on the Politics of Everything. And there will be some details on the show notes. Until next time, take care. Thanks, Donna. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. 
I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests. So if you or someone you know has a fresh idea, you're busting to get out there, please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.